Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Journey Through Sonship podcast. I am Calvin Calhoun, and today we want to talk about God's first test in ministry, the family. God's first test in ministry, the family. Uh, Let's look at uh, Genesis chapter 12, and I pray that you receive what's being said today in your spirit. Please don't try to understand this from a carnal mind because it's very easy. You could easily be so offended by this, but this is what God does. And there's context throughout scripture to verify this. And we're going to explain why, because I I don't never believe in saying things and not explaining why these things are. Let's look at Genesis chapter 12. It says this verse number one. Now the Lord had said unto Abram. Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Here's the key part right here. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 70 and 5 years old when he departed out of Haran. Now, when we look at Abram, here it is. Abram is set up right here. He's he got his family and everything, and the Lord says, get from out of the country. Get away from your family. That's a tough word. And if it, if many of us who have heard that word that's a very tough word but you know what abram did he put god above family i told you better receive this in your spirit better receive it you can get offended quick he put god over family why because god said that i will make him a great nation i will bless thee and make that name great see the calling of god on your life is greater than your family we gotta walk slowly (laughs) The calling of God on your life is higher than family a lot of times. And let me tell you why. Uh, Let's look at historical perspectives. Moses, who was a child of Israel, but raised in Pharaoh's house. So he had like two families (laughs) that he grew up. He would come into the understanding of the original first family he grew up with, but he was raised in Pharaoh's house. Uh, He saw Ramses as a brother. Of course, what would happen? He would kill the Egyptian who was uh, assaulting the Israelites. And then what would happen? They would go and he would move, flee into the wilderness. And in the wilderness, that's where he would learn about who he is. In the wilderness, he would learn about what God had called him to do. In the wilderness, by himself, is where God would introduce himself to him. Okay? He would also get married in the wilderness. Mm, away from his family got married in the wilderness to Zippor alright and we know his uh, Zippor's father's name was Jethro I believe and he would learn to shepherd sheep in the wilderness so God was training him on what he was going to be called to do in the wilderness of his life well guess what when he would come back he would then be able to represent and stand before Pharaoh who at one time he saw as a brother but stand in the in the identity and the calling of God on his life. We marvel and we think about how great Moses was, but we rarely talk about the time that it took to get him to the point where he could even face Pharaoh. God had to remove him from his family. 
David was a shepherd boy. The out one of the outcasts of the family. <laughs> they didn't even believe that like he could even be king. But by the grace of God, what did David do? He had to leave his family. And ultimately what? Walk in the callings of God. He would slew Goliath. He would slot, uh, kill the lion and the bear. Those uh, those uh, represent predatory spirits. Okay. Of course, with Goliath, he picked up five smooth stones. Five is the number of grace. He slew Goliath. And then ultimately what? Saul became jealous of David. Notice nowhere do you see that David's family goes chasing after him. But uh, chase David into the wilderness. And it would be in the wilderness, um, Saul would commit suicide, but in the wilderness that the captains of the army would come and meet David. And there at Hebron, they would be joined. Uh, Hebron means covenant joining. Uh, he would be joined and he would be named king. And then he would also honor Saul as God's anointed when he was king. Okay. So that was Saul. Uh, I'm sorry. That was uh, David. Okay. There's other historical perspectives. We can look at Jesus, Jesus at age of 12, all of us know the story. Jesus at the age of 12 would leave his mother and father and go to the elders and the chief scribes at the temple in Jerusalem. Why? Jesus turned back when they finally caught up with him a day later. They said, Jesus, why did you do this to us? Why did you leave us like this that we didn't know you were there? And Jesus says, did you not know? Did you not know? That I had to be about my father's business. And we know Jesus' father was God. It was God. It was not Joseph per se. Joseph helped bring him to maturity. But his father, he came directly from who? God. Okay? So, from the age of 12 to the age of 30, that is where Jesus was learning about his father's business. Do y'all see how God had to separate people out from amongst the kids? Jesus, after he was <laughs> after he was baptized and came out the water in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights being tempted of the devil, when he would go out, when he would approach the disciples, he would say what? Follow me. The disciples would have to drop what they were doing. They dropped their natural work. They didn't consult nobody. Jesus just said, follow me. And they followed Jesus, the original 12, dropped what they were doing to follow Jesus. This is why this is so important for you to understand that the calling of God over your life is higher than your family. But let me now get into why God's first test is family. Because family represents the strongest emotional bond there is. That God established. Family represents a strong emotional bond. It's where you you grew up. It's where you got your identity for many of us. Okay? But when it comes to the calling of God on your life, please hear me. Whew, Lord have mercy. When it comes to the calling of God over your life, you have to be obedient to God. And sometimes your family cannot see the calling of God on your life. Sometimes they can't. Now, there are times that a, a, a family member can see it. There's a time when a mother and father who are connected to God, who are connected to God, and they can see the calling of God in your life. 
And there's times that if God willing, they can commission you if they're in that position to do that. But also when it's time for the Lord to call you to do what you need to do, they should be ready and readily uh, understanding to accept that call of God in your life, no matter what it is that God has called you to do. If we have raised our children, listen to me, if we have raised our children to know the Lord and we say to the children, you got to know Jesus for yourself. And we tell them that we take them to Sunday school, we take them to church, we have them in service all the time. And our job is to be fostering that relationship with God. That means when God calls them as a parent, we should be able to understand that. We should be able to understand that. But what happens for many people when God calls them to do something, it goes contrary to what maybe the family wants them to do. Or believes they should do. See, now we got a conflict of wills. Because now God's telling you to do one thing. And that family's telling you another. Who will you obey? Because you've been told to obey your what? Mother and father. But when God calls, who should you obey? I'm, I'm, that's a serious question because many people struggle with this. They struggle with this. And let me tell you why. Because when emotions are involved, not, I'm not saying the spirit now. I'm saying emotions and the carnal mind involved. I can tell you that people can feel things like, I don't think you should. I don't think you should do this. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? But if you have the call of God in your life, guess what? And God calls you to do something or he calls you to go somewhere. Go that way. Go that way. Yes, people are going to have their feelings hurt. Yes, they may be sad. But if they raised you and they matured you to a relationship that you're called to have with Christ, then guess what? Then they should be able to understand that when Christ calls you, that he may call you to go places by yourself. He may call you to separate yourself from your family for a time period that he may teach you and help you to understand who you are in Christ and what you're being called to do. <laughs> Man, I tell you, this, this is a hard word. I'm serious, y'all. Listen, historical context. Joseph, I, I left off Joseph, sold into slavery, away from his family. It would be away from his family that God would commune with him and mature him that he can what? Lead a nation. How about that? Jephthah in the book of Judges was cast out from his family. Cast out because he was born of a strange woman. It wasn't to Gilead's wife, but Gilead slept with a harlot. And Jephthah was born of the harlot. The brothers thrust him out. Thrust him out of the family. He said, you don't have an inheritance with us. He went into the land of Tob. And when the um, Ammonites came to the children of Israel, and wanted to make war with them, the first person they went and got was Jephthah. And clearly Jephthah questioned them about, because you thrust me away from my family's home. Why should I come lead you? But ultimately, they would come under the leadership of Jephthah, the very same one that walked, that they thrust out. And he would lead them to victory. and He would become a judge of Israel for six years. See, the victory, see, that's what we should want for our children. That's what we should want for those walking in Christ. Christ may call them to go places that, that just seem so outlandish. But God is doing a work. 
And when we don't know the works of God, we got to be careful about what I'm about to tell you now. And this is a warning to anybody. Do not interfere with what God is doing with someone because of your feelings. Don't do that. And let me tell you why. Jesus would do things. And instead of saying, no, Jesus, don't do this. Know what Mary would say? I don't understand it, but she pondered these things in her heart. Do not, the Bible says, do not be a busybody in men's affairs. Meaning this, it's not a time to inject your feelings and your emotions and what you think. It's a time for you to know what God is doing. And when you interfere with what God is doing in a son's life, you're going against God. Listen to me now. If God's telling someone to do something, and you're saying, no, you shouldn't do this. Don't do that. I remember. <laughs> he bring it to my memory. Uh, I remember Jesus. And Jesus would tell him of how he would be crucified. And the one that was closest to Jesus, Peter, yelled out and said, no, Lord, don't let it. That we, not, we won't let that be. That's not going to happen. And what did Jesus told him? He said, get behind me, Satan. Now, he was talking, he was looking at Peter, but he said, get behind me, Satan, because the influence of that message, the influence of that, that thought was not Peter, but the influence was that of Satan. Because those words were to interfere with God's will for Jesus' life, which was what? To come, restore the kingdom, restore the sons of God, die, be buried, and what? Resurrection. He was trying to prevent him from going to the cross. When you stick your hands in men's affairs and you don't know spiritually what God is doing, you become a busybody. You don't want to be that. You don't want God to label you that. We can understand that you may not understand what God is doing. All right, fine. Say I don't understand what, what God is saying upon you, but you know what I'll do? I'll ponder these things in my heart. But when you interfere and you cause a brother or a sister who's trying to do what God's telling them to do and you pull them off of that track because of how you feel, you will be held accountable. For that person not walking in their calling. You will be. It says don't be a stumbling block to the brothers. Don't be a stumbling block to your brother and your sister. Don't do that. That's why it's very important for us to understand that there are times. And historical scriptural preference tells us that what? God will call you to leave your family. Abraham's family worshiped the stars, the moon, and all of them. So all you Zodiac people who believe that your character is dictated by, uh, by the stars, yes, people need to leave you. You want to believe that you're a Scorpio and that's the way? You, nah, we don't do that. But the, the Abraham's family worshiped the stars and the moon. They were in false God religion. And God said, Abraham, leave them. Come out from amongst them. Can you imagine if Abraham had not come out from amongst his people? All of the promises of God for him would have remained dormant. Let me say it again. If Abraham had decided to stay emotionally attached to his family and not come from out and away from his family as God had instructed, guess what? What if Sarah would have interfered with that? Can you imagine that? Abraham would not receive the promises.
Now, there was times where Sarah questioned what Abraham said, but Abraham's faith and what he seen God do had made him hold fast. He says, no, why are you laughing? Do you not believe that with God, all things are possible? Yeah, you're going to have to get away from your family at times. God's going to call you away. And you have to be willing to accept that God's call over your life is higher than your emotional bonds and ties to your family. And a lot of times it could be like Jephthah could be a blessing to your family. Like Jephthah, when he went back, now he's the head. He would lead the children of Israel, what? Over the Amorites. And guess what the Amorites represent? If you did not know, the Amorites are people that come from the son of of Lot. Remember, Abraham brought Lot with him. God didn't tell him to take Lot with him, but he did. Lot had an insectuous relationship with his two daughters. Uh, one gave him a son called Moab, and one gave him a son called Ben-Ami. Uh, Moab, the name Moab means what father? Doesn't, doesn't regard fathers. Doesn't regard the patriarchy. So guess what? When the children of Israel had to fight the Moabites, they were fighting against a spirit that, a spirit that disregards fathers. But the son, the son called Ben-Ami means son of my people. And the Ammonites are descendants of Ben-Ami, which what? Represents the rule of democracy. The rule of the people. Well, guess what? There's a time where you must move and come under the rulership of God, which is the kingdom of God. This is why when God calls you, Pray about it. Ask God for confirmation and do what he is saying. And I pray for all those who are uh, parents or in leadership or guardians of people. When God has a call, if you're in prayer and if you're seeking God yourself, when God calls that child, when God calls that leader, you will see it. You'll know it. You won't question it. And if you do question it, you'll learn to say, I'm going to ponder this in my heart, but you go do what God tells you to do. Do not be that person that interferes in the things of God. When God's putting his hand on someone and trying to steer them one way and because of your emotions and your thoughts and what you think how things should be and you put your hands on them and you turn them that way, you fight against God. Do not do that. Don't do that. Because the person wants to follow God and they're, they're being held back. They're being steered and turned by emotional bonds that must be broken in order for the person to actually grow and mature in the things of God. It doesn't mean that the person doesn't love you anymore. No, it's just that God is calling them to do a work and it requires that one-on-one -on -one time with God to do the work. You can question all you want to see from the person, but guess what? It's better to ponder those things in your heart than to interfere with what God is doing. So I urge you this day, this is a very serious, serious message. Because there are so many young people I see right now that God has a calling on their life. And I can see the calling on their life. And one of the things, these bonds and these ties and these, especially family trauma, the enemy will pull on those things as hard as he can to prevent them from following Jesus. Prevent them from following the ways of Christ. And you don't want to be the one who calls on the name of the Lord, but yet hinder the work that he is doing. So may God bless you till we meet again on the Journey Through Sonship podcast.